0: This episode of Barrel Tasting with Howard Fletcher is brought to you by my friends at Catoctin Creek Distilling Company. Located in Percival, Virginia, Catoctin Creek Distilling Company is the Virginia Rye Whiskey. From its traditional production methods to the land that infuses every bottle, everything about Catoctin Creek is inspired by the history and craft of Virginia. Founded by Scott and Becky Harris in 2009, Catoctin Creek is proud to be the first legal distillery since Prohibition in Loudoun County. And if you were drinking whiskey in Virginia before Prohibition, you are most certainly drinking rye whiskey which is what Catoctin Creek is known for. Considered Virginia's most awarded whiskey, Catoctin Creek's flagship product, Roundstone Rye, is a 100% rye single barrel whiskey produced in the tradition of slower distillation in copper pot stills. That process results in a richer flavor, texture, and spice. This whiskey is delicious. So if you're ever in Percival, Virginia, stop in and say hello to Scott and Becky Harris at Catoctin Creek Distilling and tell them that Howard sent you and get some round stone rye. They make some darn good gin and brandy too, I'm gonna tell you. So just stop in and see them. You'll be very happy you did. And now, let's get on with the show. When did you decide that this might be something you wanna do for a career?
1: Oh, man, I knew that in college. Did you? Yeah, all, of my, uh, all my school papers, all my like methods classes and <laughs> stuff. I mean, my, my senior seminar project was fermentation sciences in a secondary education classroom. Oh, wow. Know? We had the highest turnout of uh, other professors in the math department at Towson uh, show up wow. to watch our presentation.
0: Yeah, I bet you did.
1: This is Barrel Tasting with Howard Fletcher. A podcast that shines a light on the best winemakers, craft brewers, and spirit distillers in the DMV. So grab a glass of your favorite adult beverage. Don't forget to subscribe to the show, and let's get started.
0: Thank you, Asia. Hello and welcome to Barrel Tasting. I'm Howard Fletcher. This week, I'm taking you to another brewery located near my home in Montgomery County, Maryland, the Brookville Beer Farm. This European-style beer hall that opened in July of 2016 has a steeple-topped circular bar that reminds you that we're in Maryland horse country, and they pour a selection of head brewer Kenny Borkman's full-flavored beers. Outside is a second bar, porch, and patio with ample shaded seating and a lawn perfect for a picnic among the hop vines. Let me tell you a little bit about my guest, Kenny Borgman. After finishing his math degree at Towson University, Kenny spent the early part of his career as a math teacher in the Baltimore County public school system. Although he enjoyed teaching, he decided he did not want to make a career of it. Instead, he opted to pursue his interest in brewing beer and growing the craft beer industry. And he continued to work at Maryland Homebrew, where he worked while attending Towson. Kenny eventually crossed paths with Phil Moss, He's one of the co-owners of Brookville Beer Farm at Maryland homebrew and he joined the team shortly thereafter we recorded this interview on a beautiful November day it was unseasonably warm at the outside bar area so you might be able to take in some of the atmosphere in the background hopefully you will that's why I like going out to record these things on site whenever I can so with no further ado here's my conversation with master craft brewer and beer enthusiast Kenny Borkman let's all raise a glass Well, I'm here at the beautiful Brookville Beer Farm. Uh, we're outside. This is, what, it's This is the day after the election. Yes. Or the day after the votes came in. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, you know, November. This is a really nice day for November, you know. Yeah. I'm here with Kenny Borkman. Hi, everybody. Yeah, yeah. Welcome to the show. And, Kenny, what are you?
1: Doing? Um, I am the head brewer here. Yeah. Uh, I've been here for about five years now.
0: Okay. And the Actually, the beer farm hasn't been. Have you been here since the beginning, since it's been open as a. I've been yeah. here
1: since before the beginning. So yeah. I helped a lot with uh, some of the design and engineer uh, process, especially with like the glycol system, our drainage systems, mm-hmm. uh, things like that. A lot of rehab that happened uh, with this building.
0: Mm-hmm. I've been interviewing um, winemakers and brewers, uh, just started uh, interviewing distillers, but something that the best of them seem to have in common. Is that they have scientific or technical backgrounds or backgrounds in, in your case, mathematics. Yes. Okay, you were a math major.
1: Yes, I was a math major. I taught math for a number of years uh, and actually left teaching to come and brew full time.
0: Now, were you brewing? When did you start brewing?
1: Oh, God. I started brewing when I was about 19 Mm -hmm. uh, at home. Mm -hmm. Uh, My mom's stove with my best friend. Uh, And about a year and a half, almost two years later, I got a job working at Maryland Homebrew uh, in Columbia. Okay. Um, And that's really where I started to to dive into fermentation science and, you know, reading anything I could get my hands on. So
0: you're a native? Yeah.
1: Yeah. uh, I'm a native Marylander, yeah. Yeah, where'd you grow up? Uh, I grew up kind of all around Baltimore, Pasadena, Essex, Mm -hmm. uh, Catonsville. Mm
0: -hmm. Okay, Went to school in Towson. Right, right, okay. (laughs) You came here at the beginning. How did you... Uh, hook up with the owners. How did you become part of this team?
1: Um, so Phil Muth uh, is one of the owners here. He uh, met Tim McDonald and um, you know said, "Hey, what are you doing with that building up there? It's been sitting vacant. You know, really been wanting to start a brewery. Would you want to, you know, go into business with me?" And so they agreed. And uh, you know Phil quickly realized, "Well, shit, I haven't made beer at home in forever." So okay, he comes into Maryland Homebrew and he was looking for uh, looking for a specific kind of recipe. So I. Got him the ingredients, wrote them up in SOP, and um, you know he said, "Well, you know, you seem pretty knowledgeable. Like, you know, if you're interested, here's here's my card. You know, do you have an email?" And so we exchanged information, um, and over the next couple months, we just kind of kept in contact with each other, and uh, you know, eventually, April of I think 2014, 2015, April 2015, um, he had asked me to come on uh, part time. You know, brew at home, and uh, you know, bring some samples in, uh, okay. just so that he could gauge the quality of the product, uh, as well as work in the hot fields.
0: So, it's here's your uh, audition, so to speak. Yeah, home, and you have to make the decision: what am I going to brew, right? Yeah, to show to bring to this guy. Uh, so, what did you brew? What did you decide?
1: Uh, actually, so our house IPA um, was a homebrew recipe. That was my and my buddy's uh, house IPA for for our homebrew system. Uh, that was one of the first ones. Uh, another was uh, the Brookville Lager that we do, which is a uh, traditional Märzen style.
0: Mm-hmm. And apparently, it went over quite well.
1: Yes, yes, he was very <laughs> pleased, and uh, you know, he always jokes it was uh, the the world's longest interview process. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was hired on full time in August of 2015, uh, salaried uh, for the same amount of pay as what Baltimore Academy was paying me at the time for teaching. So, okay,
0: when did you decide? Or was it the offer? When did you decide that this might be something you want to do for a career?
1: Or oh, man, I knew that in college. Did you? Yeah, all, of my, uh, all my school papers, all my like methods classes and <laughs> stuff. I mean, my, my senior seminar project was fermentation sciences in a secondary education classroom. Oh, you wow. Know, being able to take, uh, like I made these little fermenters out of plastic mm-hmm. and stuff. And mm-hmm. being able to take uh, fermentation science from you know uh, a physical aspect or a chemical aspect from pre-algebra all the way through to calculus too. Mm-hmm. Um, was, was what I did for this project. We, might, uh, we had the highest turnout of uh, other professors in the math department at Towson uh, show up wow. to watch our presentation. Yeah,
0: I bet you did.
1: They thought beer was involved, but <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately no alcohol on, on school property. I bet they did.
0: <laughs> so, did, have you done all of your brewing in the state of Maryland? I have, yes. Okay, but you've traveled, I'm sure. And I'm sure yes. you're quite familiar with quite, beers all over the place.
1: Yes, yes.
0: Is there anything, and I've asked this question of everybody, I get all kinds of answers, but... Is there a Maryland beer, is there a style of beer, like if I, you know, was from somewhere else and I said, tell me what a Maryland beer is like, is there such a thing?
1: You know, that's a really good question. I feel like, I feel like Maryland beer is still in its infancy, um, you know, just within the past five years alone, we've had over like 60 different breweries open up. Yeah. Um, which is impressive. You know, a lot of people are coming to the state and looking at the state to open breweries. Um, so I don't think we've necessarily developed a Maryland style of beer, so to speak. Um, but we've definitely, you know, done pretty damn well with like hazy IPAs, um, kettle sours, fruited kettle sours uh, here in the state. Um, loggers, a lot of guys are doing uh, loggers nowadays, which I'm, I'm a big fan of, yeah. um, you know, brewing too. lagers. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I think we're still still trying to get our feet wet and figure out what defines Maryland beer
0: uh-huh. is there a beer that you would say uh, now you did mention the the uh, Brookville Lager yes uh, is there if you if I asked you to bring me like if you were, I was interviewing you <laughs> and I said bring you be your three best beers or that's representative of your uh, talents out of out of here what would you bring me
1: oof uh, out of here I would say probably our our Oktoberfest, um, that's my personal favorite. Um, and now on top we have our Dunkel First Frost, which is uh, a nice follow-up. That's what this is. Oh, <laughs> awesome! Yeah. <laughs> how, how do you? How are you enjoying oh, it? Oh, it's right? great. Awesome. It's great. Yeah. Um, yeah, our Oktoberfest Hugo culture. Um, I would say Strawberry Run, which is uh, an unfiltered uh, lager, uh, mm-hmm. pale lager, mm-hmm. um, with. Uh, Fresh strawberries in it. We use uh, fresh fruit here. We don't do any kind of purees. We kind of make our own mm-hmm. um, in house. And then, last, I would I would have to say our uh, our, our cookie beers, um, either Flexible Flyer or Wintry Mix, um, which is actually what we're brewing today. I just finished up a batch of uh, Wintry Mix, which is like a Snickerdoodle Cream Ale. Wow. Um, no cookies are harmed in the process of <laughs> brewing these beers, uh, but the beer itself uh, tastes just like a Snickerdoodle cookie. Um, and same thing with flexible flyer. Flexible flyer is an oatmeal raisin stout um, that tastes like an oatmeal raisin cookie, and that actually won a gold medal uh, back in two thousand eighteen wow. for uh, Maryland Maryland Craft Brewers uh, competition.
0: So, in layman's terms, without giving out any proprietary info, sure. how do you make a beer taste like cookie? Uh,
1: we we do some funky stuff where we will add grain cold sides. So you know, usually grain is only put into the mash, mm-hmm. um, we have figured out a technique uh, using a couple different types of grains, um, blended and then re-roasted, mm-hmm. um, and then we'll introduce it into the bright tank. Um, and what we found is that uh, this blend of grain kind of lends itself as that underlying cookie flavor, like, you know, almost like a sugar cookie. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not, you know, and then we've got raisins that go into the bright tank, you know, spices such as cinnamon uh, with both the oatmeal raisin and the snickerdoodle cookie. So it's um, it's kind of a unique process. Uh, it's, mm-hmm. it's a lot of fun. The first time we tried it, we were like, holy cow, this actually works. <laughs> yeah, hell yeah, let's do it. Let's try other styles. So um, last year we released Wintry Mix on draft only. Uh, we netted about nine barrels kegged. Uh, served it here in the tap room, and it went in two weeks. So, wow. yeah, yeah, full full batch of, of beer in two weeks. That's like, you know, we've got, uh, at the time, we have 14 beers on tap. Um, I was shocked, you know, and it was so late in the season that when we released it, you know, uh, we're like, should we put it in cans? I was like, I think we missed, we missed it this year. Uh-huh. Let's put it off to next year. Uh-huh. So uh, that's coming out in cans in about three weeks, uh, along with this batch of Flexible Flyer. Um, And then at the uh, middle of of December, right before Christmas, uh, we're going to try a third rendition. If we can get a label concept and a name for it built, uh, the recipe's already done. We will be doing it for draft, uh, but we might be doing um, some cans of a thumbprint cookie. So we're going to go kind of Blondale with it, um, and then uh, for the jam flavor. So a thumbprint cookie is where you put your thumb in the middle, you fill it with jam, you bake it. Um, We're going to I don't know if we're gonna do raspberry, maybe strawberry. Uh, It's still up in the air as to what fruit we're gonna use.
0: Okay. So how in the the world? I mean, I'm smiling over here because if you decide, okay, we're gonna do this thumbprint cookie. We're gonna do a strawberry thumbprint cookie. Sure. Do you get a bunch of strawberry thumbprint cookies first to get your palates, you know, up up to par? That's that's a great question. Before you do it, or is it just off of memory, or how do you decide?
1: Uh, So. We, uh, we had a young lady who was working for us uh, from the time that we opened, even before we opened, right. um, Emily Lesho, who's great. She uh, recently moved to Colorado. Uh, um, good choice. Yeah, it's just <laughs> she graduated from college. You know, she's been working here all throughout college, and uh, she did some office administration stuff for us. Um, you know, really worked, like, through our labels and kind of managed tap – I mean, she did – a lot of stuff here, yeah. and, and kudos to her for being so young and taking on so much. Yeah. Um, but her and her mom are avid bakers. Okay. Um, and so every Christmas, she would come in and she would bring, I mean, Tupperwares of cookies. And one of my favorites was always the thumbprint. Okay. Um, so, uh, you know, her and I are still in contact about developing this series of beers, which is which is cool, you know?
0: Yeah, it is. Wow, so you, you, that's a good reason to ask her to make another batch of cookies. because Oh, she's yeah. Like, I don't really remember what it tastes like. <laughs> i got to send me some more in there. Exactly, yeah. Let me go back real quick. Um, you, talk, you mentioned Oktoberfest beer. Yes. And I like our Oktoberfest beers. Um, I'm asking you probably some very basic questions for our listeners who are brewers, because my background is mostly in wine. Okay. And uh, I just don't know a lot about brewing, because I've never done it myself. I just do a lot of drinking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what makes, because I like Beck's Oktoberfest beer. Okay. I couldn't tell you why it's better than the regular Beck's beer, but you could probably tell me why it's different. Maybe not better, but different than it. What makes a beer an Oktoberfest beer, usually? So
1: there is traditional Fest beer, okay, um, which is more along the lines of like a Dortmunder or a Helles style. It usually mm-hmm. has a little bit more color to it. Um, And then you've got like more of the Americanized versions. we kind of do more of an Americanized version where we do add some roasted barley in there for almost like a nutty kind of dry finish. Uh Um, And it also adds adds that kind of brown hue, uh, that kind of amber color to it. Uh, My best guess would be that they are making small batch. They're doing small batches of it. Um, But they are.
0: It's a limited edition, yeah.
1: Exactly, yeah. yeah. So they're only doing one run, maybe two runs of it, um, and they're kind of paying more close attention to that. Um, I found just going from a single barrel system at home to a 10 barrel system here, you know, in recipe adjustment, um, you know, when you scale things up, a lot of things get lost uh, Hmm. in translation. Yeah. Um, So figuring out how to really take that single barrel pilot and move it into a 10 barrel system or even a 30 barrel system. you know, it, it takes a, some revamping of recipes, yeah. tw- uh, tweaking recipes, yeah. you know, kind of tinkering with things.
0: Yeah. So. Uh, I was speaking with a, another brewer. This is what it reminded me of it. Uh, actually, the brewer on the shirt you're wearing. And uh, I, I, I said, I made a statement. It was probably, he thought it was maybe disparaging of larger brands like Budweiser and that type of thing. And he reminded me the amount of skill it takes to brew that volume of beer oh my God, consistently, yes. <laughs> it's yes. like you said, it might not be what you would drink. But, and, and I was like, yeah, I had to acknowledge that because when I was in business school, we studied a lot about McDonald's and how difficult it is to create that same bag of fries internationally. Yeah. I mean, you you know, you go to McDonald's, you expect the same fry that you get in Maryland oh. to be in London.
1: Right, right. You know,
0: and that, that's a that takes a lot of work.
1: It's a lot of work. It takes a lot of skill. And, I mean, you know, ABI, politics aside, like, you have to have respect for what what those guys do. Uh You know, I mean, they do hire, I think, statistics like, you know, Ballpark, where, like, for every one brewer, it's like 100 scientists or something like that. Yeah. Those are totally, like, just throwing out their numbers. Um, But you you have to have respect for what
0: they do. Yeah. You know,
1: uh, a Budweiser that you're going to drink in Tokyo is going to be the same Budweiser that you're going to drink in St. Louis.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That takes a lot. Do you all have a uh, mm-hmm. core lineup of beer that's here all the time?
1: We do, yes.
0: Can we go through that? Sure, sure.
1: Yeah. Um, so Interdependence is our house IPA. You know, I kind of mentioned that was uh, my original homebrewing uh, house IPA. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's an all-mosaic IPA that we do bitter with Magnum, uh, but the dry hop and the, the kettle hops are, uh, are all-mosaic. Um, we also have Happen Chance, which is a wit beer uh, that we ferment on fresh orange zest. Uh, so we'll zest... uh. A yeah. case of oranges uh, first thing in the morning. Yeah. We also add coriander and uh, grains of paradise or alligator pepper seeds to it. Um, so we also have McDonald's Pub. Uh, it's kind of been a new staple for us, uh, which is uh, Irish stout. Um, we also have Filsner. Uh, we were one of the first uh, Maryland craft breweries to open up with a lager um, and mm-hmm. consistently have a lager on tap at all times. Um, and Filsner's named after owner phil yeah. muth uh-huh. um let's see what else we have uh corny uncle which is our cerveza um that has uh gone to final round of judging uh, in a couple different competitions uh every year we've sent it out um legally i'm not allowed to say which ones but okay i, I can't say that it has gone to final round of judging hasn't won a medal but
0: when you send beer to a competition
1: yes how much do you send them? uh we send a four pack okay yeah a full four pack okay Um, I think usually it's like, you know, two 22-ounce bottles or something like that. Mm -hmm. But it's a four-pack. It's easy for us to manage inventory-wise. And, you know, if somebody enjoys it, hey, there's an extra can or two for for people to take home.
0: In um, most states, I know definitely in Maryland and Virginia, that produce wine, they have a governor's cup and, like, a governor's case. You know, one uh, wine wins the overall competition, but then they put together a case of the top 12 wines that were in the competition. Is there a similar competition here in Maryland for beer? Um,
1: there's the Maryland craft brewers competition, which is, um, it's a lot of fun. First off, it's like the one day out of the year. and I'm sad that it didn't happen this year that all of us kind of come out of our, our hobbit holes and (laughs) meet together at at this beautiful venue out in, um, uh, near, uh, Marysville Mm and in in Howard County. Um, it's just a good time. You know, it's not, like, super serious where we're putting together, like, a full case or anything.
0: Pete Francho is there?
1: Uh, Peter Francho, <laughs> so I think he shows up to yeah, uh, sure Revive those- and yeah. stuff. So right. Revive is usually the day after. Okay. Um, that's kind of a new event. It's uh, beer and food tasting mm. with all of uh, the previous year's medal winners. Mm. So if you placed uh, it's all the gold medal winners, and then if you placed silver or bronze, you know, try to diversify it. And Brew Association of Maryland does a really nice job uh, with that event. You know, like I said, I'm sad that it didn't happen this year. Yeah, um, it's a really good time. The food's awesome. The beer's spectacular.
0: I'm gonna ask you to make this case for Brookville first uh, later, but sure. let's go a little wider. Maryland beer, the Maryland craft beer culture. What one of the purposes or the objectives of this podcast is to promote the craft beverage culture or industry. In this region, because I think it's A1. I don't, I don't think it gets the recognition it deserves. And a lot of that's because we are, uh, is in the first stage. It's in the growing pains. But I think that we have a lot of very talented people here who have decided to make this their home and to create this thing. So, again, you're somewhere else. You're London, say. Make the case for a Londoner to come over and visit uh, Maryland and you know, this, this region for the craft beer.
1: So I think one of the best things, and, and thank you, by the way, for, for promoting Maryland beer. Um, I think one of the best things about the Maryland brewing community, just in general, is that we play nice with each other. Uh-huh. You know, uh, there's three other breweries within a uh, five mile radius of here, you know, and they're spectacular brewers. You know, we all each have our own character uh-huh. um, and, we're willing to help each other out. You know, like, hey, man, like, I'm short two sleeves of cannons. You know, do you mind if I borrow some? I've got more coming in next week. I'll get you then. Yeah, no problem, man. Hey, uh, you know, our, our nitro system's down. Like, you know, could we borrow your backup tank for the weekend? Are you guys using it? Yeah, no problem, man. I'll call my tapper manager and let them know. Um, so I think, you know, outside of, like, just the community itself, we have some really interesting takes on beer here. Uh-huh. Um, you know, we, like, like I said, with the, uh, the, the kettle... Uh, Fruited Sours that, that some guys are putting out. It's really good stuff. Um, you know, Duclaw with the, the glitter beer. You know, uh, what is it called? Unicorn Farts. You know, that's, uh, that's a very unique beer. Um,
0: perfect name. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, perfect name, yeah. Yeah, as soon as you said what it is, I I'm like, eh, that's a good name. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, there's just a lot of really uh, fascinating ingenuity. Uh-huh. Um, and we all have our own characteristic that we bring to the table mm-hmm. uh, for Maryland craft beer. Um, so you know people like uh, like True Respite and um, like Silver Branch or Kushwa or um, uh, who else? Um, we we all kind of take take brewing very seriously, but not so seriously that it becomes competitive towards one another. Yeah, we like we like to play nice with each other.
0: Yeah. So. Do you interact with any? Uh, people in the industry, whether it be brewing or any other adult beverage, in the Richmond area ever?
1: Not me personally. Mm-hmm. Um, I do, uh, just by proxy, know the head brewer for Vossen, mm-hmm. uh, which, tremendously awesome beer. I mean, Vossen is probably one of my favorite Richmond breweries. I don't get out enough, Yeah, you know. I'm here <laughs> six, sometimes seven days a week. So. Yeah, in your hole, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, the only reason I ask is because I haven't interviewed anyone for this podcast from Richmond, which I plan to, hope to, but I've heard the same. I've had conversations with them, and I, just like you, uh, talked about this area, and I've heard that from other brewers in this, in this region, in Montgomery County and in Maryland. Uh, down in Richmond, I hear the same thing. That's what reminded me of it. So um, We're here on a farm. Yes. That's what it's called a farm. Uh, What else do you guys grow? I mean, do you grow some of the ingredients? I know you mentioned the strawberries and for the specialized beer, but do you grow any of the hops or any of the other ingredients for your beers on on site?
1: We do, actually. Um, So we have a couple beehives out back um, and uh, a resident beekeeper who lives uh, right out in Damascus. Um, So she'll collect honey for us. We use it in our pizza sauce, and we also use it in uh, some of our beers. Um, one in particular, uh, we also grow the jalapenos for, it's a, uh, jalapeno pepper honey blonde ale okay. called South of sunshine's because we're south on Georgia Avenue from sunshine, yeah. the infamous sunshine burger and gas station right. is, you know, five minutes up the road here. Yeah. Um, but it's, uh, we've done it since, uh, year one, since, you know, uh, 2016 mm-hmm. and it's a really fun beer this past year. You know, the jalapenos that we got are just tremendous massive jalapenos <laughs> um, and the only thing that we're planning them in is uh our, our compost which consists of leaves and wood chips um spent grain and uh brewery wastewater uh we are approved from wssc maryland department of agriculture maryland department of environment mm-hmm. to be able to use our wastewater to water our compost piles um, because compost fires are a real thing yeah. and when they break out it's it's, uh, it's good. not good
0: yeah yeah, yeah. well that must be some good water. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> must be some good water going in there. So um, now hops. Right, do you use hops? You get some hops from Maryland. You we guys do. Grow some. But do you, where else sourcing? What other sourcing do you get? Because I hear sometimes that hops can be in short supply at certain times in certain years. Sure. Where where else do you go to get hops? Um,
1: so we... Wherever where... you can get them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, wherever we can get them, uh, yeah. in, in some instances on, like, uh, Leapyland Exchange and other uh, spot markets. Um, we do have a hop contract for more of, like, the proprietary blends, things that we are, we're not legally allowed to grow. Right. Um, we do have uh, hop contracts for. Uh, we work with uh, Michigan Hop Alliance a lot, uh, as well as ZA Hops, uh, who specializes in South
0: African hops. Wow.
1: One of which, uh, my favorite, is uh, Southern Passion. uh, We use in our uh, one of our pale ales called Bet the Farm.
0: What is it about South African hops that makes them South African hops?
1: Uh, Well, they're grown in In South South Africa. Africa. Yeah, but
0: they they must. (laughs) Yeah, I got that part. But there must be something about them for them to be, you know, not just hops. These are South African hops.
1: Right. So interesting. Interestingly enough, um, ABI and Budweiser uh, owned all of the hop farms in uh, South Africa. Okay. Um, and just last year, two years ago, they allowed to sell to the craft brewing market. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of a new thing uh, for us here in the States to be able okay. to okay. acquire these hops.
0: Okay. Are they more expensive or are they less? I mean, are they just regular to market price?
1: Uh, they're, I would say I would put them on par with like New Zealand Aussie okay. hops, uh, okay. anywhere from like uh, mid-teens upwards okay. of like low 20s per pound. Oh,
0: I just thought that, you know... I associate South Africa with diamonds, so naturally I think that everything coming out of there is, like, better. So I was like, oh, wow, South African hops. Tell me about your business model here. Because one of the things that I really admire, well, I've, I have come just recently to admire about what's going on here is that, you know, you have a lot of outdoor seating, which uh, lends itself to a good time, but also came in handy, I guess, during COVID it did yes but i was but i've seen other places with outdoor seating where that does not attract the same numbers as you all have been able to. it seems like you've been able to i'm um, you know everyone has felt it in their business i'm sure i I'm, maybe I'm, assume, I'm assuming you have as well oh yeah but it seems as though you have a good, a healthy number of loyal customers which speaks speaks highly of your organization it reflects on you very well
1: Um, so from the beginning, uh, we wanted to be very community oriented, very community centered and both Tim and Phil wanted to make this place kind of like a hub, you know, for people to like, Hey, I'm going to go down the pub, have a couple pints, grab a pizza. You know, you want to meet up for a beer? Mm -hmm. Yeah, sure. We'll meet over at Brookville. So that was kind of the the initial idea. Um, and unfortunately we're not doing any indoor service at at this time due to the pandemic, but, um. Uh, the bar inside, you know, we didn't put up TVs for a very, very long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and that bar is designed for community seating, so it's almost like uh, like octagonal. It is, yeah. Um, and that was to get people to be social, mm-hmm. you know, to really uh, to get people to, to talk to one another mm-hmm. and not just go into a bar, stare at a TV, cheer <laughs> for a sports team. You know. We do do Sunday football out here now, yeah. um, but that's about it. Yeah. You know, that's, yeah. uh, that's about it. We don't have TVs inside. Yeah. We They are only on for either special events yeah. uh, to broadcast what beers we have on tap at the time. Or, like I said, you know, uh, Sunday football. And that's it.
0: Well, I am a native. I asked you if you were a native. I'm a native to this area. I grew up in Colesville. Okay. You know, this place, this area for a long time has had a, this has almost been a, I don't want to say it's a, Desert, because <laughs> there's you know it's a big it's a big uh, residential and and rural meaning real farm area. However, uh, it's needed a place like this. And when you open when this place opened, I I came around it late. I think 2016 is when I discovered you. Okay. Um, it's and and, and it's only, it's not because it's it's because I was so used to going to like Bethesda. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean if you had to go somewhere. If you lived out here and you wanted to go out or go somewhere else, you'd have to go somewhere else. And I wasn't used to looking this direction on New Hampshire Avenue for something to be here. So uh, I was really happy to find that you're here, and I think that the community is too, you know. I,
1: I You know, I really hope that they are. Um, we've gotten great feedback, and we do have uh, some loyal customers that that come by, I mean, daily <laughs> in some instances. <laughs> you know, yeah. Hey, what's going on, man? Yeah. Good to see you. You know, yeah, the, the usual. Yep, you know me too well. Yeah. So, you know, and th- that's really cool to see is, uh, and, and to be able to develop relationships with these people. You know, okay. as as more than just a uh, patron uh-huh. and and provider kind of kind uh-huh. of relationship, but an actual friendship. You know, yeah. um, we're we're about to can next week, and um, you know, just our, our core beers, uh, a couple core beers, some seasonal stuff, and uh, it's one yeah. of our our regulars' 60th birthday on the 21st of this month. Wow. So. His wife reached out and asked if we could do something something special for him, and oh. you know, so we're gonna hand label four cases, you know, got the government warnings and all that stuff, so all TTB <laughs> approved, um, you know, with with the name of you know uh, what do you call it uh, Villa something, you know, uh-huh. uh, for, specifically for his 60th birthday. Nice. And to be able to do that for yeah. for people and and go the extra mile and say, hey man, like we not only appreciate your business, we appreciate you as a person too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and getting to you know like not just uh them but also their families. You know, mm-hmm. we have a lot of young families that come up here on the weekends, you know, and bring up kids and it's uh it's a good time, you know. Yeah.
0: Yeah. As a recent uh well, I had another dog that's no longer with us, but I just got a new puppy. And I'm someone who always appreciates a place where I can bring my dog too. Yes. So you can bring your dog here, that's good. Yes. You mentioned canning. Uh where else can you purchased now your website will be in the show notes for those listening if you're interested in getting any of the brookville beer farm brew which i highly recommend that you do but is there anywhere else that it's sold
1: uh yes uh we ship as far west and north as frederick uh we have a couple accounts in northern baltimore county Mm -hmm. um we're in baltimore city um all over montgomery county howard county uh, a little bit in Anne arundel county now Um, So we're kind of all over the place in Maryland. Um, We have one sales rep currently, so we're looking at hiring a second. Uh, But, you know, Jack does a heck of a job Mm -hmm. just managing, you know, doing the best that he can to to manage all these accounts and and be able to to promote our our product. Right.
0: Now, I'm going to ask you a couple questions I ask. Well, before I do that, let me, before I get off canning, you were gracious enough to uh, share some uh, seltzer some hard salsa that you all, have, I guess that's a new product for you?
1: It is. It's It's—it's uh, a, actually a, a different brand that we do brew here. Okay. Um,
0: okay, so you don't, it's not going to be a Brookville brand. Uh,
1: It's kind of its own entity. Okay,
0: okay. Anyway, um, I hope I don't let me cat out of the bag or anything <laughs> unless you're saying it, but it was good. Thank you. It was good. I had I, never tried one before uh, because it just, I, I don't know. You know, part of it was because I grew up in the '80s, and it was like, you know, I was like Zima, I started, yeah, wine coolers and Zima and Bartles and James and stuff. I'm just like, no, I'll pass. But hey, it was it was it was really good. So I think I may get some more. It's uh,
1: I'll tell you, man. There's no glory in seltzer like there is beer. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. uh, it's something that we provide uh, for people who aren't beer drinkers. You right. Know, we we want people to feel included. You right. Know, that's why we also do a non-alcoholic brand. Right. Um, That we've recently started. We're actually brewing uh, a new version of it tomorrow. Uh, It's going to be a coffee stout, Mm -hmm. um, which should be really interesting. Uh, 20 pounds of Colombian roast coffee coming from Mayorga Organics uh, right over in Rockville. Yeah, yeah. So um, I'm really excited about that. Really, you know, going back to the whole community thing, we really just want people to feel included. And, you know, if you're not a beer drinker, then, you know, hey, we have this option. Or if you're gluten-free, I can't claim it to be gluten-free because we do process it on the same equipment that we process beer on. Uh, But there's no added ingredients that are gluten, have gluten in them, so to speak.
0: If you could go back, if you could send a message to yourself back in time when, say, Phil said, okay, uh, I want to hire you. I want you to come on and if you could send a message to yourself at that particular point, and it's something that you know now that you wish you'd known then, uh, is there anything that you would tell yourself back then that, Hold on tight. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Hold on tight. Um, Yeah, we've uh, we've grown and and have expanded so rapidly in the past four years um, that, you know, it's hard to believe. You know, uh, but my assistant, Niles... Um, has been with us now for about three and a half years, and I'll tell you, it's it seems like yesterday that he uh-huh. came on, uh-huh. but then we start thinking back through the years, and not like we're just looking at uh the last batch of flexible flyer that we had brewed last year, and it was like, holy crap, man, it's that really a year ago already. And um, you know, it's just time flies, you know, time flies when you're having fun, <laughs> and uh, I I don't see myself doing anything else.
0: Yeah, well, you seem like you're having a ball doing it. So. It's, we have fun here. Yeah. It's beer. I, am, I, you know, again, uh, just so keep everything in perspective, I've been here maybe, I'll say, eight times since 2014. Okay. So I'm not one of your regulars, but I've been someplace once and had a bad beer. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I've never had a bad beer here, ever. And I used to get the, you know, you. you before uh, the pandemic, used to offer flights. Yes. And, I, you know, I have to say, I mean, I would drink every single one of those beers were good. They weren't necessarily something that I might drink as a pint, but, yeah, they were all good. They were all very good. Thank you. So.
1: Thank you. Yeah, yeah we, uh, we try to manage our fermentation uh, very cleanly. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't do kettle sours uh, just because, you know, something goes wrong. Somebody forgets to clean something or a hose. I mean, I don't. I don't want to risk all of the other beer that we could produce just to produce one style, you know, which is kind of a niche style. Yeah. Um, But for those who do kudos and hats off, man, like that's, that's awesome. (laughs) 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 We just, we don't do kettle sours here. Um, We are expanding. Uh, We do have a new facility opening up um, with a second brand separate uh, license, separate entity. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'll be kind of brewing at both places. Uh-huh. Um and over there we will start to produce barrel aged sours.
0: Okay. Well that you may have just answered my question because I you did mention that you were opened another production uh facility. Yeah. And I was gonna ask you, is there anything that you you can now make because of that production facility that you couldn't make here? Yeah. You just said kettle yeah. sours.
1: Yeah. Uh kettle sour, sour beer, uh in general. do um, you have to
0: devote uh particular to the equipment for just that just kettle sours is it exclusive or
1: not necessarily kettle sour so to speak i mean there's two different camps where people are like oh kettle sours like you'll start to get a homogeneous flavor and there's other people say ah the bacteria is dead like you know we're gonna do it anyway Uh it's no problem like we can use the same hoses um when it comes to real sour beer though like uh like true sour beer (laughs) um that is dedicated equipment. You know, yeah. those barrels yeah. like need to be set aside. Right. Those the hoses, any kind of uh, equipment that's used for packaging, all of that has to sit aside, right. um, away from clean fermentation.
0: All right, Kenny, I've taken up a lot of your time. Oh no, it's been I great. Would, I want to would... give you the the last word. What what is it that you'd like people to know about uh, Brookfield Beer Farm or just craft brew in general? Is there anything you'd like to say?
1: Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, Brookville has been my home for the past five years, uh, just over five years. And I cannot be happier with the people that I've met, the relationships I've, I've made with those people, and the fun beers that we've been able to make along the way. Um, you know, I'm looking forward to this production facility opening up uh, because Brookville is about to go back to what we were doing in the very beginning, which is just random out there kind of stuff. Um, looking at, at beer in a different way mm-hmm. and looking at breweries as more than just producing just beer.
0: Yeah,
1: um, We have fun here. We yeah. have fun here. And, uh, you know, on Halloween I was up here just kind of milling about, you know, dressed in costume. And to see people out here, as cold as it was, yeah. you know, still come out and, you know, bring their dogs, bring their kids, uh, listen to the live music, you know, dressed in costume. Some weren't, some were. It was... It's, it's a lot of fun. So, you know, I hope that people can come and join us. And by all means, it's beer. So it's going to be fun.
0: Good. What was your costume? Uh, I was a wizard. Ah. <laughs> well, you, you, you know, very apropos, I guess, for what you do. <laughs> so, all right. Thanks a lot, Kenny. Thank you, Howard. I will be back soon. Trust me. Bye-bye. Cheers. Well, that's another show in the books i really had a fantastic time visiting brookville beer farm and i know you would too so if you're ever in or near silver spring maryland montgomery county maryland brookville maryland just go to the brookville beer farm i know you're gonna have a great time say hello to kenny he's a really great guy i'd like to thank kenny and all the great folks there for being so welcoming and flexible with their time i very much appreciate it they were quite busy the day i showed up so It was nice of them to make room for me to sit down. I would like to ask that you please subscribe to the pod if you've not already done so. I'll introduce you to some of the best folks in the DMV, like Kenny Borkman and the surrounding area, and that is a promise. Please tell your friends about us and have them tune in as well. They'll thank you for it, and I know I will. I'm all about promoting the craft beverage industry in the DMV because it's some of the best in the nation, actually in the world, in my opinion. If you agree, please share the pod. The more it grows, the more I can get the word out about craft beverage culture in the DMV, and that is a good thing. This podcast was produced by my friends at Q9. Listen, if they can make a mumble artist like me sound good, imagine what they could do for somebody who really has some talent. So if you're in the podcast business, please contact or Google Q9 and ask about their services. You'll be glad you did. I'll be back next week with another craft beverage maker in the DMV to introduce you to. I know that there's a ton of media you could be listening to besides me, and that's why I work so hard to bring you the content I do. I truly appreciate your time investment in me. Thanks again for listening. And remember, please use and have a designated driver so I can see you next time. East
1: You have been listening to Barrel Tasting with Howard Fletcher, part of the Fletcher Podcast Group.
0: You can reach Howard at his website, BarrelTastingPod.com. I'm Asia Blue. Thanks for listening. See you next time.